Hello and welcome to Sheffield Hopcast. Um, final episode of February. The year is just kind of whizzing by. If you were listening last time, then you will know that Sean actually kind of live during the episode came up with the theme for this time around, which we've stuck with and Sean has remembered, which is good. Um, we'll go to Sean in a moment to find which Belgian beer he's got. Uh, but first of all, let's go to Laura. Hi, Laura. Hello. So, so the um, I've, I forgot to mention what the theme was there. Uh, so the theme, how did how did you phrase it, Sean? Wish, wish we, we were, were there. there. Wish we were there. Wish we were so there. In, in some way, it's got to be connected with somewhere, a, a place, a city, a country, just somewhere that we would like to be. Is kind of how I interpreted it. So yeah. Laura, what that's what it during it? during lockdown. Yeah, we're all stuck at home, so we wanted a drink to take us somewhere, take us to a place. Go on, Laura. So. I've brought. I don't think we've had one of these on uh, on the on the pod before. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I brought um, y'all from Fine Ales. Uh, don't want to say that I'm predictable, but when I was talking to Robin about coming on today and what the theme was, he was like, "I bet you're going to bring y'all." <laughs> just, 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 just to clarify, that is you brought. About eight and a half pints of y'all. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, is, it is a full-on mini keg, if well, you are. Yeah, because the, the kind of story behind it, so this is because I've probably mentioned before, uh, my one of my absolute favourite places to go and festivals to be at is Finefest, which is held in the Glen that is uh, owned um, on, the, it's on the same kind of land as um, the brewery owned by the same family and it is one of the most beautiful places in the world um and i've been a couple of times and the first thing that we do when we get there is go to the little um tap room on site and have a pint of cask yarl and that kind of sets the theme for the weekend so i thought i could have got a bottle but I wanted it to be as close to cask as possible but i'm afraid you are now going to have to listen to me dribbling a pint into my glass. <laughs> so, it's not totally that. Enjoy that, that in, in its, in its got, full um, stereo glory. And I've got a glass to match as well, just it's to a add fine to the, uh, the little festival experience. So um just need to get rained on and bit by some midges and I've got the full fine fest experience on the go. Doesn't your house need to blow down next as well? <laughs> oh, yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> You, you, you hear a little bit of our uh, of our guest there, who we will meet in uh, a moment. So Laura's got an entire mini keg to get through. So this episode's going to last about seven hours, I think. Uh, right, Adam. Yes. Hello. <laughs> Is it worth going to Sean first? Sean, who's best to go first? Because I was just kind of intertwined. Is it better oh, for me to go some, first? You, you go. Yeah, yeah, some you, collision you, going you'll on. You go, Adam. Yeah, yeah. No, no. Well, well I went. Go on. <laughs> I, had, I, had a, I had a few days off in in half term because the school holidays, so um, I ended up in town. I thought I'll go see Sean because I not picked a beer for this week, and I was still kind of undecided on what to get. Um, I, I, I went in and immediately saw the um, these the Belgian beers, and I thought, oh, that's a good idea. I went to I went to Bruges for my uh, honeymoon uh, like six years ago, and then Sean's like, oh. I was going to go for for Bruges, obviously, as, you, as James kind of pointed out, which Belgian beer. But Sean very kindly let me take. He took one for the team and let me um, let go for the uh, the Belgian. So I've gone for a, a 
is it Straffer or Straff? Don't know if you use the E. Straffer Henrik, yeah. uh, which is um, it means strong Henry. I looked it up. It's a triple nine percent, and it's from the Half Moon Brewery um, in Bruges, which we did a brewery tour at, and um, took a selection of these backs. They do a quad, and they do a the one they do one a bit weaker than nine, and then. Uh-huh. Uh, I also got a glass, but Sean, I said, I told Sean that, well, Sean offered me a glass to go with it. So I've got a branded glass and it's, it's, call, it's claiming it as a, a late um, wedding present because I did have one of these and in a house move, we smashed it in the middle of a, a junction outside our house with about another 40 other uh, nice beer glasses. So uh, it's nice to have it back in the house. So uh, yeah, I'm not it for ages actually, but really, really looking forward to trying it. Yeah. So yeah, I've got a couple of facts about the brewery. I can, t- we, can we can bring it up later though, if you want. Okay. But, uh, we'll, co- we'll come back to yeah. that. Then. We'll come back. I'm to just, that. Oh, we're doing a bit of research, but yeah, come back. Well, so this is so my prediction is is kind of blown out of the water. Then if 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 Adam's gone uh, Belgium, what what has Sean done? Well, I, I uh, the purpose of this was to take us different places, and I. I have often listened to Laura talking about her fine fest and the beautiful setting there, and I've always wanted to be in, in that setting, Laura. So thanks very much for bringing that one up. Um, Adam, you're right. I, I, I was going to uh, uh, go for a Belgian beer. Um, when we go normally each October across to Bruges, um, one of the first things we, we catch the train from Brussels into Bruges, go to his hotel, unpack, and then head straight down to the brewery. And Deb has a Zot Blonde, I have a Zot Brune, and we have a nice afternoon there or down in, in the brewery. So I was going to be very obvious, James. Um, but I was undecided. Um, I got another one, another beer that takes me to a particular place. Um, me and Deborah go down to, uh, to Jersey, down in the Channel Islands, uh, um, quite a bit, fell in love with it a few years ago. And um, me and Deborah used to both work in the travel industry. So we like to plan things as far as our holidays and trips are, are concerned. But a couple of years ago, we landed in St. um airport, down to the hotel, and, uh, and thought, oh, it's a lovely, gorgeous, sunny afternoon. A Sunday afternoon, we're going to have a walk in St. Helia, the, the capital. Um, but um, all our research beforehand had failed to um, spot that it was St. Helia Festival um, uh, that particular weekend. And so we walked out into St. Helia. There were lots of stalls and um, lots of people, lots of little activities and festivities, types of things you get in a summer festival. And I said, oh, I wish the, surely there must be a bar in amongst all this. Um, and uh, within a couple of minutes of um, um, asking for that, um, we, we wandered on a, a lovely little uh, bar. And um, on it, on cask, on the bar, the first time I've ever seen it in the Channel Islands um, was Oakham Citra. And it's a beer that I really like and I've enjoyed before. Um, and so I was overjoyed um, uh, to see it on cask there. And um, it was an outdoor festival. And so um, we got a Centelia festival. What do we call them, Laura? You, you, you won that one. It's not called a beaker. It's called a... Class. Class. A class. So in a, in a, pint, a pint class, glass class, um, with Centelia festivals on it and lots of little bit images of, of Centelia. We had a, um, a cask pint of uh, Oakham Citra 
And we don't sell this, of course, open uh, citra. We've sold a few open beers before. We used to sell this, but uh, did you say Morrison's, Adam? Yeah, you can get it on. Oh, like, yeah, <clears throat> we, four we for get six it, quid or something. That's it. We get it in our local Tesco, uh, Downworth, and so that was a, a an alternative. This is going to take me back to a gorgeous, sunny little afternoon, a surprise afternoon in Centelia, um, sat in the sunshine at a nice little table. Um, supping open citra uh, so a happy memory very good so so you all, all three of you then have kind of gone for a specific beer that kind of takes you to a place or a memory i've i've gone slightly different in terms of i've gone for a beer that i've never had before but uh it's the it's the style really that um is related to the place that i've picked which is probably it's this is probably fairly predictable but i've i've been so i've i've been in a few different directions with it during the week and for a while i was going to have i can't remember what it's called but the uh thornbridge california uh common beer that they brought out a couple of months ago i was going to no. i was going to have that it's still in the fridge um because i was planning either last summer or this summer like within the next couple of years i decided that i was going to make some kind of trip to California and and possibly just anyway down the the west coast, um. So uh, that felt appropriate for a bit, and then I just had this niggling thing at the back of my mind saying, if I could go anywhere right now, where would it be? And it would be Hamburg, which is a place that I visit quite a lot normally anyway because sport football team over there. Um. So I kind of felt that I would be kidding myself if I didn't go down that route. So rather than just getting, you know, boring German beer, um, what I've done is I've gone for German, a German style of beer, but something that I've never had before. So this is a pressure drop. It's called Wugang Chops the Tree. Bit nuts. And it's a, a foraged herb hefeweizen. Um, so yeah, 3.8%, which is kind of what I wanted. We're recording earlier than normal on Sunday today. So it's like a Sunday afternoon. So I didn't want anything too strong. 3.8% is kind of perfect, all things considered. Um, and generally been pretty impressed with stuff that I've had from Pressure Drop. So yeah, I've gone style linking it to Germany, which links it to Hamburg, which is the place that I would go tomorrow if I could do. So, um, I'm going to give this, uh, I'm going to give this a try. This, you, you, I'm, I probably sound like I'm rambling slightly, which I am, because of the fact that normally this is the point where we'd introduce our guest, but he's vanished. He's dropped off the call. So I can't introduce um, our guest. In fact, I was going to go to Laura to ask Laura to introduce our uh, guest for reasons that would become um, very obvious, uh, but can't do. So I'll just carry on rambling for a bit. Adam, do you want to share your um, interesting brewery yeah, facts with I us? Yeah, I will do. Oh, yeah. I think we might have been bad, but I'll, but I'll, I'll crack on rather than... So when we went in, in 2015, um, the brewery was talking about, I've forgotten all about it until I did some research, that they obviously they bottle out their beers, but where they're placed is like down an eagle-dee-piggledee kind of like cobbled street. So they were planning on building a two-mile-long pipe that went straight to the like bottling plant outside of the city. And it turns out that they, that did actually happen in 2016. So they have a massive two-mile pipe that... Um, Sends beer out of this Brilliant. city to. They, to they crowdfunded it. Yeah, they crowdfunded it, Adam. And when you go in there now, there's a, a glass panel uh, in the floor with a couple of pipes in there, and you can you can see the uh, 
the, the pipes down there a little bit. Do you remember the glass floor that was in the church house down Wath? Adam, yeah. when you yeah, used to go yeah, in there, yeah. it, it I, had a minor, young, it had, I do remember it. It had a miner down there um, digging for coal. <laughs> or, uh, but the one in, in Bruges is is uh, uh, the pipe, like you said, out to the yeah. to the bottling plant. Yeah, really. The other, the other one was literally just reminded um, what my wife mentioned before I came upstairs to do this. And she said, oh, "Do you remember the thing about the the wartime thing?" And I think that they painted all their like coppers green or something in the in the, in the brewery because apparently during one of the wars they were just stripping out all copper and stuff for the for the like the weapons factories and stuff. Yeah. So it was a way of disguising some of their equipment so they could kind of crack on. But I think uh, I think there's only three three breweries in Bruges now. I think I think I think Pilsner killed a lot of them off, I think, because um they couldn't mod- they couldn't put the funds to modernise to their equipment or something. But yeah, I find it quite interesting they just paint a bit of stuff green. No one will ever know that there's any anything <laughs> that could make it that'll confuse the now. <laughs> it's, it's well it's well well worth a trip there though i mean even if you're not interested in like brewing specifically it's just loads of history surrounding like well it's brewing generally but in, in that building we had a great tour of um um i can't i, I can't remember her name but this this woman she was brilliant took us around and really like funny with it and um uh, yeah really good i think it's, it's called like half man into it's half moon I always think mm. it's half man, but it's not. It's M A A N into which means moon. Mm. But yeah, it's well worth a well worth a trip if you do get yourself abroad ever, anytime. Maybe <laughs> so we could make us a regular feature like History Corner with Adam Nicholson. Corner, I quite yeah. like it. Yeah, you could do like your <laughs> couple of couple of uh, historical facts every time. Uh, right then, our guest is back. Let's go to Laura to introduce our guest. Oh, I didn't know I was going to be doing this. So uh, sorry, Robin. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, our guest today is Robin Baker. Um, he is a colleague of mine from Abbeydale Brewery and had the uh, misfortune of having to sit next to me for the first three and a half or so years that I worked at Abbeydale. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, absolutely top guy. Keeps me chipper uh, every single day at work. Uh, and he's our on the sales team, beer technician on the sentry panel does all sorts of stuff uh so yeah robin where do you wish you were <laughs> okay uh thanks for having me guys it's great to be on um when laura mentioned the theme to me the other week um it took me about a microsecond to um <laughs> decide what i was going to do um my birthday was in the first week of the first lockdown and for my birthday, I was bought a book by Mark Dredge called A Brief History of Lager, which I've not got here because I've lent it to someone. Um, but it instantly wanted me, uh, I wanted to go to Munich. And obviously, I've still not been able to go uh, to Munich. And uh, my favourite beer is Albertina Hells. Um, so that's what I've picked um, I've even got my mass, although I'm slightly off brand because it's from the Hofbrau house. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, hopefully my bottle opener works up here. Um, After Robin read that book in the first lockdown, he lent it to me. Um, so I read it later in the year. It's absolutely, it's so worth a read. Um, whether, you know, however into your beer you are, it's 
really accessible um, if you're interested in the history or if you're not that familiar with kind of the lager making process and all that kind of thing but equally if you're a total lager nerd you will still learn absolutely tons from it um it's an absolutely brilliant book um and um robin might find he's got a little stowaway accompanying him to munich when the, <laughs> when the time comes because uh, yeah it's um pretty much everywhere that's mentioned in that book made it onto my places that i'd like to travel to list as well um so yeah Definitely recommend it if anybody's looking for a beery read. Unfortunately, one <laughs> bottle only fills about half. I so get another one. <laughs> that, I think that's more an issue with the size of the glass than you not having enough beer there for uh, a Sunday afternoon. If I'm if I'm honest, uh, Robin. But thank you very much for coming uh, on. Um, as as we always kind of do. What's your um, like lockdown experience been like? Um, it's been varied, to be honest. Um, I was furloughed initially, and sort of the summer came and went fairly fine. Certainly since like November, it's been it's been quite tough. Um, homeschooling has been challenging, <laughs> although we have uh, made uh, inroads into uh, like the keg and obviously the cans in the last few years. Uh, but yeah, we, the, the volumes that we're able to do at the moment are, are quite considerably lower than they normally would be. Um, as a business, we're, we're doing fine. Um, we've got things in place, which means we're not under any threat of, of closure at any time soon. But it's, it's just typical of the uh, of the uh, brewing industry at the moment. It's it's it's, it's a real slog. But we're trying to be positive and uh, inventive and creative and, um, yeah, get on through and hope for some brighter days here, uh, in the next few months and years. So as we record this, tomorrow is when kind of the roadmap out of lockdown is going to be announced. There's a chance as, as you watch or listen to this that it might, you might already know kind of what's going to happen and what it looks like with pubs, but it's not sounded all that kind of positive as stuff sort of leaked over the last few days it's not it's not going to be imminent um so i it feels like still difficult months ahead for the for the whole brewing industry really just kind of following on from um what robin was saying but um it feels like since getting that canning line in the early early weeks and months of um of the initial lockdown it's probably been an absolute blessing really i mean a lot i i see I'm seeing Aberdale cans like all over the place and it's becoming a bit of a, a house staple um, and still producing new beers all the time, even though you're not getting in the pub. But um, it's been nice to see, yeah. you know, fresh cans. Like I think I mentioned to Laura yesterday, it was, I was looking to try to get all of the, the latest deliverance and I think you'd say it all been canned like the, the day before and then the day after I, 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 it popped up in my local, my local shop, you know what I mean? Um, so I suppose yeah, I mean, things might have, might have been different uh, if that had come along. Uh, yeah, I mean, we, we're trying really hard to be as uh, responsive as we can. Since the pubs have not been allowed to do takeout um, beers, then the, the bottle shops um, have been almost our only uh, trade customer. Has, it's the only way we're going to push forward through these um, lockdown months, really. Um, and yeah, the, the, the canning line turned up absolutely at the best time it possibly could have done. Um, and it's been a saviour for us. 
imagine the demand for the mobile canning companies has probably gone through the roof as well. So maybe yeah. I don't know how yeah. your contracts worked with them initially, but like having that freedom of going, yeah, I've got a zone now. <laughs> we can it's, kind of do what we want. It's probably been a, I mean, the, good. The mobile canners were great um, for those getting established um, with the cans that we wanted to do. Um, they meant that you could do sporadic runs when you were ready for them, but you were always at their behest. And if something went wrong with their machine or their staffing, the beer that was perfectly ready to can has to just sit there. And then that has um, knock-on effects further down the line um, production-wise. Um, so, yeah, having having our own machine means we can can what we want, when we want to, um, and how much of stuff. Um, there were certainly... Um, it was quite costly to, to can very small batches um, with the mobile canners. Laura, you, you've talked about Finefest a few times on the uh, podcast <laughs> to the point whereby last year I pretty much resolved that I was going to go and then obviously it didn't happen in the end anyway. Um, what is your uh, your favourite or favourite memory or memories from uh, from Finefest? So, what the times that I've been we've kind of camped in the same corner with um a load of other brewers um some of whom we were friends with before uh so like Stuart from Magic Rock is somebody that we kind of meet up with and Dom and Dom from Thornbridge um and Janine from Ashover um and Cole from Salt as well um and his family um and then also some new friends uh, that we've met mainly at Finefest as well um such as Jay and Robin from Cloudwater. So we had like this really lovely little community, um, which was just always really nice to spend time with those people, uh, kind of, you know, being able to relax and enjoy some beers together. Uh, so the people is always a big part of it. Um, and, uh, you know, the one thing that makes Finefest really stand out for me is the food is amazing as well. You know, normally at a festival, you might get a greasy burger um, and that, you know, that might be the extent of it. Whereas at Finefest, they've got this little seafood truck from Lock Fines. You can get smoked salmon and oysters and things. Um, they've got some um, amazing um, barbecue um, a barbecue company on site. Uh, you can get, so as well, the farm at Fine Ales uh, is a deer farm. So you can get venison that has grown up on their farm. You know, so there's this real like kind of sustainability and locality about it that's that's really really nice as well. Um, and uh, yeah, pints of Yarl is a staple. And also, both years that I've been, um, I've befriended a very very nice man who introduced me to Verzet Kamaradsky that I nearly brought as a fine fest beer, and then was like, I don't really need a really strong balsamic stout at four o'clock in the oh. afternoon. So we kind of do well, though don't you we all kind of do really like especially how much was ever in time for that yeah. i think so i think it's just far. mainly it's because you you're you're not obviously only an hour away from glasgow so it's it's quite a long way away but you're still you know you're relatively um it's relatively easy to get to uh you know it's on main road all that kind of thing but you you just feel like for four days you're just in a little bubble and the rest of the world kind of doesn't really matter. You know, there's no phone signal or anything like that. Uh, so you are completely closed off just with um, the lovely people um, that are around you. So, um, 
yeah I think it's a, a really nice community event um, whether it's going to be able to go ahead or not this year I'm not sure it's usually uh, kind of right at the beginning of June um, so it might be a little soon but um, they've not kind of said anything on that now which is completely understandable um, but the other thing I've done to prepare for the next fine fest whenever that may be is bought myself a pair of leggings covered in Highland cows. So uh, that's my festival attire for whenever it returns. I should have worn them today. I did, I you them. should. It sounds incredibly <laughs> unpractical. Like I thought you were going to say you bought yourself like this waterproof, like in a suit that you can wear under your clothes or something, so it doesn't matter if it rains. But no, it's leggings with flipping cows on them. Highland cows. <laughs> Sorry, Highland. Okay, right, James. Come on, cows. <laughs> Brilliant. Jesus. I I don't know if it's just me, and maybe I'm not looking in the right places. But I recently I've not really seen any fine ales beers anywhere. Yeah, I, think, I don't really. I suppose the the cask travels a bit more as well, um, but I think they're a little bit like I think Abbeydale are here that. With with Abbey, it does go further afield, but the majority of it stays relatively local. So, I think they're possibly um, in the same kind of model that their cask beer would stay relatively um, close to them, um, and then their small pack makes it a bit further afield more frequently. Um, yeah, yeah, makes sense. Makes what do you sense. think? What I was thinking, like this, but on on Robin, your beer and Laura, your what do you think makes those two beers quite? I suppose because they're quite simple beers in in a kind of a grand scheme of things, aren't they? Like uh, Hells and and like a kind of a, a low strength pale, but they're both like super well respected. And you always see people banging on about those beers. And what do you think it is about those beers that, that has something a bit special? Do you think it's nostalgia, some sort of nostalgia? Or do you think it, they just are like really peak quality beers for their for their own styles? Go on, Laura. What's good about you, Al? I was going to see if Robbie I think certainly Fragostina, it's, as you say, it is like the almost the pinnacle of, of the style. It's But for me, and it, this does apply to you as well, it's drinkability. Mm. Like you have one and the, the thing you want to do after you've finished having one is pour the next one. Like... That you are right. They are simple in their flavor profile. They're clean. Um, it's the the flavors are there, but they're they're perfectly in balance with each other. Um, and yeah, they're just they're just really easy to drink. They're they're beers to be social uh, around. Uh, have your your friends, your family, um, strangers in, in those times when you could. Talk to strangers uh, in in pubs and bars and festivals, etc. Um, yeah, it's, I think for me, it's the the memories of being in Munich and being sat on those long trestle tables and just being you just get shoved in between other people and you just talk to them and um, it's great. And I was um, that, yeah, when you disappeared for a minute, I said I had a bit of a, a link to your uh, Hofbrau House um, Stein yeah. class. And um, Ooh, it was a, a, lo- a lot of good um, memories of like drinking in Germany as well. I went on this 
went on my stag do there. I've been to a stag do in Munich. And um, one of them being the, the the first kind of link to the Hofbrauhaus is that is is the attempted trip to their um, beer hall. Um, mm. While my one of my best friends who um, he's a rugby player, and obviously a lot of his friends are uh, rugby players, and we know what rugby players like to get up to when they're abroad. So they 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 dressed him up in a awful like um, Bruno Lederhosen, and I, I was I couldn't be more embarrassed <laughs> at all. And it was the attempt to try and get him into that <laughs> under a long coat, and basically you couldn't see anything they were wearing. They were like, no. Like in the spotted it spotted it straight away. <laughs> spotted it straight away. And then, <laughs> my second my second or maybe the third time I've been to the one in Berlin. Um we went on a work trip and I think there was about twenty-five of us drinking there bef- on a Sunday early afternoon waiting for a, a, before we're going back to the airport essentially. And it's a dangerous beer to drink that um they're kind of standard lager whatever it is um so i think like three of three to four steins in which you kind of realize is probably close to eight pints by the time you've uh, <laughs> done the maths but i remember I was leaving and um my boss saying to one of the guys like can i buy one of these glasses off you so the one you've got exactly the one you've got like not trying, we weren't trying to steal any and he went he just went just, just, just take them. Just take them, lads. So we, we so we're like, seriously, it's like, so yeah, yeah, just, just take them. So I think twenty. We took like we all just went, all right. So we just all took our own glass home. So that they ended up in a, um, one of my friend's bag, like kind of hold all bags, trying to get twenty of those things back through customs. He'd had four steins of it, and in the airport, he, we would try. I mean, is you know, he's quite ashamed of it now because obviously you, you can only. You can't help being drunk as well as can you sometimes, but it won't be in rowdy oh, or anything, no. but in an airport trying to be kind of not drunk so you can actually get home. And um, he he must have smashed one by accident in his bag, put his hand into his bag to get something out, <laughs> cut all his hand open. Oh, like, oh God, this is going, this is, this is going bare shirts. But yeah, so whenever I see those signs, I always, I always think of it. And I don't think I ever actually got mine back. I think it's still in the office somewhere <laughs> like this is probably five six years ago but yeah i've got fond memories of drinking those beer halls in germany and stuff so they're really really good yeah just a lot of it, it just a lot of fun isn't it uh and and i think the other thing that is um you forget is say standard standard lagers um in the uk tend to be in the sort of four to four and a half percent range whereas German lagers are in the five to five and a half percent and just that extra one one and a half percent ABV over four three four liters makes a big difference and um, but it's usually once you've you already realize once you've had your fourth You just reminded me when you said about drinkability, and I think that does come it does come down to drinking those beers in Germany, where they are kind of there's nothing, there's no messing about. They're very classic and they're very strict on how they how they make it. So they always taste great wherever you're drinking, whatever brand. It, it is quite similar, but I, I, um, yeah. I very nearly chose a different beer there, which I, I've also got here is the oh, yeah. Schneider um, Hoffenweizen, and I didn't choose that one today because it's 8.2 percent and i thought that was a little silly for um <laughs> sunday afternoon but the drinks are nine percent well yeah <laughs> <laughs> that was my favorite um 
drinking experience in the Schneider house. Um, we just got shoved in between two different sets of German um, couples. And yeah, we just had a, an absolute riot at the time. Thankfully, their English was better than my German. Um, so we uh, we got conversing. It's always the case. Always the case. Yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. I'm glad but, there's a lot yeah. of love for Germany going on. This is what we like. Yeah, this we, is we talk we like. about it much, but yeah. Um, I think Sean's still here. Are you there, Sean? I, I don't, I am, I don't I, know if, you're, I, I I love if your picture had froze because you've literally, you're in your model pose that you do. This is this where is you're my kind most... of like one arm behind the head, the other across the across the sofa. And I'm like, is he, is he, has he just, is he like really taking a screenshot and has he gone like I'm, doing his, he's got, he's got his garden. I'm really enjoying all so. the stories. I, 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 like I said before, we've got a travel background and, and my teaching used to be tourism and I love stories of places. So I love to hear of of, of um, different visits to different places and memories that um, that uh, uh, come back from from people. I've learned a couple of things as well on the show uh, today. Um, having a, a five liter mini keg um, means that Laura doesn't have to uh, restrict her drinking to what uh, the difficulty of the, the podcast sometimes is having one drink and trying to maintain that drink for the the uh, time of the show. So you've just got a little bit left towards the end of the show. <laughs> but having a mini keg means you can just bang, bang, bang and keep at it. And there's no, so that's a, an idea. We might have to bring our own individual mini keg uh, and have a mini <laughs> keg, a mini keg uh, podcast. That's a great a mini idea. keg episode. Ooh. It would go on <laughs> for a while though, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, it would mean that we wouldn't have to. I, I, I'm desperate to drink this bloody thing, but I didn't want to peak too early. <laughs> uh, but I've also learnt um, just from sitting and listening there that uh, Oakham, of course, based in, in Peterborough, Oakham uh, were the first brewery in the UK to uh, so use uh, Citra. Uh, back in 2009, their uh, brewing director went out on a, a trip to the States looking at the, the latest season's hops and came across a new hop in 2009 called Citra. I was amazed by it, quickly rushed it back to the UK uh, to brew with an Oakham Citra um, um, is is the, the original um, Citra UK. The only one thing that I'm disappointed with about the whole show and about the, the, the beer that I'm drinking is that Oakham have felt the need um, to put Session IPA underneath uh, the name of Oakham Citra on the bottle. And really, it's it's just a beautiful little Citra pale ale. It's 4.6%. They've gone session IPA, perhaps to try and jump on a, a bandwagon that they're, they're about five years too late to jump on. Um, but everything else uh, about the beer, it's just simple and classy and so refreshing. And again, the, the word's been used a, a number of times already. Um, but so drinkable, so Moorish. And um, despite being uh, four for six quid, Adam, um, <laughs> I, 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 did, I didn't want to push it. I've got a lot of beer in there, so uh, we bought one bottle. Uh, and I now wish... Um, Very sensible. Uh, and I now wish we'd, we'd, we'd gone for the, the uh, <laughs> four, four, for, four for whatever it is. Uh, but there you go. Uh, I'll, I'll find something else. I kind of feel that seeing as I'm the only person that's drinking a beer I've never had before, I should I should talk a bit more about it because um, it's incredibly uh, it's very 
gentle. It's very subtle. Uh, I guess you'd expect it to be, you know, it's a Hefeweiz, it's 3.8%. Um, and the addition of, well, it's described as locally foraged bay, is what it says in the uh, in the, the notes on the on the back. Um, I would describe it as a very pleasant beer. I probably wouldn't have another one. It's it's just a bit, you know. It's it's an interesting take on a very nice style of beer, but doesn't doesn't add anything for for me. Um, James Hamburg, Hamburg. Where, where, it's a great can. Yeah, well, if you if you were going to be sat on a Sunday afternoon in Hamburg. Having a having a drink, no plane to catch, so you've not got Adam's problem. Where would you be right now in Hamburg? Ham- Hamburg um, is actually, uh, in fact, I think Germany as a whole is is probably a, a couple of years behind in terms of craft beer, um, and also going to Hamburg. The point of it is not really about craft beer, so it would probably be in a pub called the Jolly Roger, which is straight across the road uh, from the uh, from the Millentor Stadium, which is where St Pauli play. Uh, which is um, it's a bit. I, I mean, I guess you'd probably describe it as like probably is like a rock bar really that sells very average beers but is just an amazing place to be with amazing people so um i would probably probably be in there because that's it's actually a place you know that i moan about when we go because i'm like oh it's a bit everyone smokes in there because you still have to smoke in pubs in germany so everyone <laughs> smokes in there and it's dark and it's dingy and it smells a bit uh, and I always have a right winch about going, but you know what? I miss it so much; it's ridiculous. So um, yeah, I'd be I'd be there, and I'd spend a day there. And I promise, I promise to everyone, I would not moan about the fact that we're there. I would just soak it all in, and I will never complain about any of that stuff before. In fact, I might even just start. Is it, is I, might, it... I might take up smoking again just so I can join in, <laughs> just and get the full experience is when it, I'm there. I'm not going to do. Is that, it really. pirate? Is it pirate ship themed? Or, or not? Uh, no, no, it's not. Seems to suggest it. It's their flag, oh, what isn't it? a shame! Like, the, 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 St. Pauli's flag is well. They've got some sort of association oh, with wow. like the Jolly Roger flag, haven't they? So I think that's kind of where it probably stems from. There you go. Right. Um, this is this is no good at all if you're listening to the podcast version of uh, of this. But uh, <laughs> yes, the um, it, it, it's it's basically a, a you know stems from. Uh, a pirate flag that someone took to a game once and it just kind of stuck from there going back many, many, many years. Um, so yes, the Jolly Roger um, is is not in any way um, kind of nautically themed. I, I guess you'd probably say there's like, <laughs> in terms of pirates being, you know, a bit bit naughty and it's a little bit rough and it's a little bit rough and ready and stuff, It uh, maybe along those sort of lines. But um, yeah, that's, uh, it's, it's, it's making me miss it all the more just by talking about it. One, um, the one place, the um, go on. Sorry, I was just going to another anecdotal thing, but it depends on time. But uh, <laughs> the, the one place I would actually love to go back to, which is not even for beer, but as an alcohol linked funny story, which is uh, is Finland. And um, obviously, Scandinavia has that kind of a lot of it as an issue where you can only buy beer from these certain like beer shops and stuff. Uh, and where we went to in Finland, we, we were stayed in like a house, it was super remote, and we got picked up at the airport. And we're like, right, we've worked out where the nearest shops are, we don't have a car. It's like really, really snowy, and the taxis are a fortune. So let's just get his taxi driver to drop us off, stop us uh, like one of these supermarkets. We'll run in, get some stuff, and, and carry on. And I was thinking at that time that we won't be able to get any beer anyway because of the, like, the, the you can't sell 
like certain over above like the certain amount of strength in, in supermarkets and stuff. But we ran me and um, my, my father-in-law ran in, got some bread, got some bits and bobs to keep us going for a few days. And they went, oh, they do sell beer and stuff. So like I looked at some stuff, went, oh, that's that looks all right. It's five and a half percent. I didn't think you could have beer that strong or whatever. So I grabbed a, a case of it, got it through all this thing, got back in the taxi, got to a, ha- a house we were staying. Um, so that was basically the only thing we had between sort of eight of us, I think. And um put it down the table and it turned out it weren't cans of beer at all. It was cans of 5% gin and grapefruit juice. So basically, <laughs> so I was like, oh, cheers, mate. Well done on that one. But, uh, so you had to, Actually it sounds quite great. nice though. Yeah, it was, it was all right. But you know, when you're thinking, we've got no beer at all, that's <laughs> literally what we're all sharing because you can't buy wine. You can't buy wine over I think it's something, there's about like a 5% cut off in, 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 in supermarkets in Finland. In like uh, Sweden, it's even lower. It's like 2%. Isn't it? But um, just how remote we were, it would have cost us about 50 quid just to get a taxi there and back to like five miles away. But, um, so yeah, we just had to suffer and just really nurse these kind of cans of gin and uh, grapefruit juice. <laughs> but I'd love to be back. <laughs> cool. Right. Um that's probably going to wrap us up then for uh, this week. Robin, thank you very much for joining us. It's brilliant to uh, to chat to you. Um, we Do we already have a theme for in a couple of weeks? Um, next week, we have... Next week, the, the next one is... It's about brewery taps. Yes. Um, that'll be in two weeks. Time. Yes. So, yeah, we'll, 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 we'll leave it at that for... For now that's cryptic enough it's about brewery taps uh right cool all that remains then is for uh cans and glasses in the air for our uh beer um selfie um so if robin can still pick his up because it's like a bucket of beer that he's got going on there and that will do us brilliant thank you very much cheers guys um thank you very much for um joining us have a brilliant couple of weeks and we will see you back here in a fortnight goodbye everyone Match. Goodbye. Bye.